Welcome to the Theology Ki Baat podcast, where Christian theologians and Bible scholars talk about issues from India and how we as Indian Christians can engage these issues through biblical and theological reflection. Theology Ki Baat is a podcast by the faculty of the Evangelical Theological Seminary of the Asian Christian Academy of India and ACA Media. You can learn more about ETS at www.ets-india.org and about the other ministries of ACA at www.acaindia.org. So welcome to the next topic in our series connected to uh, premarital counseling. We discussed how to find a spouse focusing on looking at issues related to arranged marriage or um, uh, dating or, or whatever method we're looking at. And what are the things to look at when we're looking for a spouse? Or how would we advise someone who's looking for a spouse? Because again, uh, again to introduce ourselves, uh, I'm uh, Dr. Stephen George, and I'm here with Dr. Saji uh, with Theology Kibath. And we are already married, so we're not looking, but we are talking about how we would advise people. We are, we are in the ministry of counseling in a sense of not a formal counseling, but always uh, talking to young people, advising and trying to show them where and how to, to go about this. So in this episode, we want to talk about premarital counseling and really why should we have it? Uh, what's the importance? Should we do this? And um, what are the things, what are the benefits this brings? What do we look at? And how can a uh, how can a couple use this to their advantage? And if they have not done it, well, what about those who have never done it and are married? Uh, is there something that they have lost, or can they do it, or or you know where does that fit in? So we can talk about all of these things. And so we have again, like I want to mention again, uh, Dr. Saji uh, with us, our director of Demon Studies. My name is uh, Dr. Stephen George. I'm the president of the Asian Christian Academy. And this is, again, our second series in Theology Kibad. So let's go ahead into our topic here, the importance of premarital counseling. So, uh, Dr. Saji, since you have done quite a bit of it, and I have received it, and uh, actually, let me tell a funny story about uh, my premarital counseling, actually. Uh, it, my brother did about my brother's wedding and my wedding were only two days apart, so he actually did a one or two day intensive premarital counseling session, uh, but I didn't have that. But uh, with the pastor who was going to do our wedding, uh, he wanted to just do a, a session, at least forty five minutes to talk, and I was in the seminary well, was at that, that time. Uh, Doctor Bush and Raj? Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes. So uh, he wanted to talk about these this thing, and so. Um, so he called me in and he said, okay, he asked me a question. So what is the, the purpose of marriage? So I thought about, I said, uh, a oneness. So he thought, you know, that's a good question. You're probably in seminary. Let's just have some tea and biscuits. And that was pretty much the end of it. So, uh, Ben had already done his two, three days and he said, I am not really interested in another hour. So I told him, Hey, he's going to ask you one question. Okay. What's the purpose of marriage? Just say oneness. And then he'll just give you some tea and biscuits and you'll be done. Oh, wait a minute. Was was his marriage before yours? After mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. After so, but yours. he did his session after the, the, mine. The premarital counseling. But he did his premarital his counseling before before me, yours. And okay, then he okay, waited okay. a few days, and then he had to do it with, uh, you know, the pastor with, here. Right. Right. Okay. So, okay. Now I get it. So, uh, 
So he went in and, you know, he said, he asked the question, same question. But I don't know, maybe he was a little too eager to give the answer. And I don't think Pastor was too convinced. So he just gave him a full another hour of right, premarital right, counseling. Right, right, so right, right. he got the full premarital counseling and, and I didn't get as much. But uh, I... I always felt that my whole life was premarital counseling in the sense my dad would always talk about marriage, about family life, and uh, what to prepare for. So a lot of the issues that we're going to talk about, in one sense, uh, I got through informally, and uh, these things were talked through over many, many years. But it's not always the case, and I think as we'll talk about, oftentimes in families, there is a little bit of, people are uncomfortable in talking about some of these right, things. And right, a lot of our right. culture seems to say, yeah. okay, they'll figure it out. Let's not talk about it. Uh, these things, we don't talk about it. But by not talking about it, what we're also not doing is we're not uh, passing on wisdom and practical right. and biblical wisdom that merges together about how to deal with these things. And many times young people have to figure it out, rightly so, but maybe with a lot of messiness. Uh, absolutely. And that's, I think, one of the myths in thinking about, you know, the need for it, I think. Yeah, so um, yeah, this topic, you know, our, our uh, plan to continue on a similar topic because the previous uh, podcasts were also on marriage. And so we thought there's still more to talk about. Yeah. And so this kind of was not originally planned, but we are, you know, at it again. But uh, this time talking more about uh, the need for premarital counseling and what are some things that we can cover, uh, you know, uh, that might just stimulate. Uh, even as, you know, uh, we are thinking about it, uh, I want to quickly acknowledge that, uh, uh, you know, I think I have done maybe less than 10 premarital counseling, not too many, actually. And if any wisdom and uh, our wisdom is limited, uh, we, we do know a few things, but we don't know all things. And uh, hopefully our conversation will help our listeners, you know, to engage with the subject and, and reflect and, you know, perhaps raise those questions and conversations with one another. Those who are married, maybe they will see a need for, hey, uh, we haven't had a conversation on this topic. Maybe we should. Maybe we should bring in our pastor <laughs> as a listener to our conversation, something like that. So there's, there's value. And um, I also want to acknowledge that you know, like you said, uh, wisdom gained from our own parents. Uh, in my case, it wasn't the best of examples, but um, God was, you know, gracious in providing, uh, I, I would say, all three of my pastors, especially my first pastor after I became a believer was, uh, uh, you know, really uh, an example for me. I had almost become like a family member in that household, and uh, I could see uh, you know how he related to his his wife as a godly husband as as uh, so many situations where you could see a christ-like uh, leadership and um, uh, you know relationship towards his wife and so i'm i'm grateful for those and yet you know we don't have all of the answers ourselves but uh, with uh, whatever we know we'll give it a shot right and i think that's an important caveat because what we are Trying to say here is one we are reflecting uh, through scripture, um, through theological reflection, and through experience, practical experience, reflecting on scripture in our theological reflection. And what we're giving is, again, wisdom reflected on that. And so we 
are we do try to make an important distinction about things we say are from scripture uh, that God speaks and things that we are saying as as wisdom and again wisdom you know when you speak of biblical wisdom speaking uh, grounded in the in the fear of the Lord it is a way of of living it is an approach to life it is even the proverbs they're not meant to be promises or uh, situations that answer every every situation or answers to every situation. So I think as listeners listen to this, they need to be aware of what we're talking about here is a way of trying to think through biblically and theologically and why. And situations are going to be different. The issues are going to be different. But I think you'll find, uh, and I hope you'll find a lot of wisdom in right. what we are trying to do today. Yeah. So let's go to the first question of, why should we have it? And I kind of indicated, well, there's some interest of sharing wisdom and those kinds of things. But if someone were to come to you and say, premarital counseling, why do we need to do it? Uh, I, I think the first thing to do is to think about why people resist that kind of an idea. You know, uh, whenever I talked about one particular couple, I remember uh, talking to them. I was going to officiate their wedding and uh, especially the uh, the boy uh uh, grew up in a very strong Christian family. So he, he wasn't convinced that he needed a premarital counseling at all. And he was a little taken aback. Oh, you're going to have six sessions of premarital. You know, uh, one reason why people resist the idea is that they think that uh, this is about getting ready for the wedding. And so premarital counseling is more for the wedding rather than for the marriage. And just the opposite is the true. Yeah. So that's also the answer, you know. Uh, premarital counseling prepares the couple for the long commitment of their marriage and not just for the wedding day. Um, the other is that, and this is so common in our culture, you know, people for all, you know, history have married and pretty much have worked out. And so right. we will work it out <laughs> along the way, right. you know. Uh, through mistakes and all of that. And so what is their uh, need for like class-like, you know, uh, sessions? Now, there are some classes, meaning there will be some need for clarifying things, some teaching moment, but a lot of it has to do with clarifying uh, what are their expectations and commitments. Some of that we can, you know, talk about. So I guess another issue is possibly that the, con the, to the title counseling itself sometimes indicates a problem problem you know, you know you're yes. trying to fix something and, and i'm a little hesitant about it because i'm admitting i don't know or i have a problem uh but that's not really what this is about and maybe there's a little bit of a pride too it's like i already know i mean what are you oh, trying to yeah. teach me so there's some pride possibly but uh the other side of it is you know i don't have a problem or at least i don't think i have a problem what kind of problem are you trying to expose? And I think it's fear of if I get into this, is it going to be very uncomfortable? And I'm am I going to uh, have to talk about things I don't want to talk about, or am I are there things about me that I I don't want, or, or, or just a fear that I don't want to get exposed in some exposed. areas as well? That's yeah? that's a yeah. good word, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I should say that uh, when I got married, I didn't have uh, premarital counseling. But uh, more, whatever I knew was from, you know, uh, studying the word and seeing the models of my pastor and things like that. And looking back, I wish that, you know, I was better prepared for what I was getting into, really. Because I really believed that I know and I will make, you know, uh, I 
I have often said that I maybe I said it in the last podcast too that when I was getting married I really really I mean sincerely believed that I'll make the best husband in the world <laughs> and of course you know reality check right yeah yeah and um, oh gosh uh, just just the fact that I am ushering in a completely whole person into my space and it changed everything it it made a lot of challenges and and so premarital counseling will bring up some of those things and will will prepare i will add one more thing uh, i personally we are by the way now talking about christian marriage we are right. not talking about you know marriage the, in general the, right i don't think there is much hope for the marriage <laughs> in the world yeah you know but there is i think much much hope for marriage in the church yeah. and so we are talking about premarital counseling in the context of the local church done by uh, one of the pastors mm-hmm. of the couple so in that sense uh, premarital counseling brings uh, you know to the table their spiritual life mm-hmm. uh, their church life and their uh, devotion and commitment to each other uh, for the sake of god and for the sake of god's glory right. so and i think the other part of it is that you know if if we're talking about a one believer and non-believer and we have the problem that we can't have a common starting point to right. discuss these issues for us it is the gospel and how the marriage is a is a story telling the story of the gospel right. in christian marriage in our stories but it can't be in a non-christian marriage Absolutely. and therefore if you're we, we we can't be able to talk about many of these things because it's the whole ground the whole foundation is is right. not there right. and this is another reason why you know why marrying um why a believer can't marry a non-believer you're unequally yoked you're not able to ground yourself in the foundation of the gospel because one may believe in it and the other person may not and then the whole story and the whole purpose you're both going in two different directions and the ability to counsel in fact if anything the counseling is going back to the gospel and Absolutely. and pointing to yes. them to come yes. to Christ yeah. the, the the marriage relationship is a display of the gospel and uh, you can't do that if it is if if both are at least for starting conversation uh, if both the couple are not christians if they don't have a confessed faith in the lord jesus christ because we are bringing them first and foremost to the scriptures to think through any of these issues and and so i think that is the uh, pre condition or the condition before we talk about premarital counseling now practically we may be having to counsel where one is a believer as one is a not, one's not that's a different conversation in fact it mostly focuses on the gospel gospel itself, yes yes right? yeah i mean there can always be those kind of uh, additional sessions so to speak you know in the course of the counseling series you know uh, in that case of course if a person one of the spouses is not a believer then to have that conversation with them and um, usually when we you know uh, have those sessions we uh, spend some time um, or ask them to spend some time uh, talking about their own salvation stories to each other if they don't have that common place to start, start then right. you know it's uh, i i dread the you know uh, the practice that uh, many christian couples just check with each other or just assume that uh, you know their spouses are from a christian church or a gospel preaching church that they are saved or the one liner that they use are you born, born again, again and yes, yes and, and that's it that's <laughs> it and they just assume 
that they can build their marriage on uh, that without the reality of it. So it's important that they listen to the stories of each other. Yeah, and I think it's in those stories we really come to understand. Now, of course, the ability to interpret those stories and understand it is going to depend on your own understanding of the gospel. <laughs> right. And right, how right. well you are understanding to be able to see and hear um, a born-again experience in that story or whether they have learned the evangelical language of saying certain things. They've been brought up in that and, you know, they know what to say. And so there's there are a lot of things that needs to be going on in that conversation. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. And to talk about the life of the church. And uh, and then there are more time spent on all the practical. So we talked about uh, why they may not want to take it. Now, what are the reasons they should take premarital counsel. Yeah, uh, I think the first thing is for them to understand that marriage is not a man-made institution. Uh, many times our faulty thinking is that this this is, you know, what everybody does. So when I am of a certain age or because there is pressure from my family, you know, I need to get married. No, marriage is uh, instituted by God. Um, you know, the, uh, the passage um, and the two shall be made one, one flesh in Genesis, is quoted by both Jesus and Apostle Paul. And the point that Jesus especially makes, why divorce is not permitted, is because marriage is instituted by God. And so uh, Christian couple uh, approaching um, marriage, uh, in the premarital counseling, uh, we have the opportunity to bring them to that place of recognizing that the marriage that is about to take place between the two of them is instituted by God. That it is it is inseparable. Of course, that's uh, one of the points that they need to uh, remember. But that the whole marriage relationship between them, between the husband and wife, is uh, you know inaugurated by God, and God's blessing can be expected uh, through their marriage. And so uh, there is a whole theology of biblical marriage that they need to be brought brought to conviction, <laughs> brought to understanding. That's, that's the first one. Second one is, you know, there are a lot of, um, uh, everybody approaches marriage with a bag full of expectations. Yeah. And many times in, in premarital counseling or even postmarital counseling, what we see is that, um, uh, you know, the wife will have all these expectations and the husband has not made any commitment to those expectations, <laughs> meeting those expectations and vice versa. And so soon the marriage is on the rocks because uh, they have not communicated. They have not touched base. Now, even in the premarital counseling, we may not arrive at, uh, you know, solutions or uh, there might be conflicts of expectations and commitment. I don't think we can expect, you know, absolute compatibility. Uh, for example, that's one whole area that I usually talk about in premarital counseling. And the goal is not to see that you find that perfect fit it, right. spouse. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, no one is absolutely <laughs> compatible. <laughs> right. But if we can talk about those points of compatibility or incompatibility, then we can expect when those things are going to rough against each other. So there are so uh, several practical areas that we can visit together before they enter into marriage. We can't visit all the situations, but we can talk about the big ones. 
so that uh, they are better prepared and they have a point of conversation after their marriage right yeah i think and i think what it is it it is to open their eyes to as they go in eyes wide open right but also not necessarily telling them look you this is you need to know all of these things and once you know these things you'll be fine and i don't think premarital counseling is going to promise them that if you do this and <laughs> you're going to be you know you'll fix all the problems beforehand right. and you'll be fine but what it does do again going back to the the theme of wisdom is really point them in directions and set them up for a a better starting point yeah. uh, because you know you hear so many stories of how really bad starting and and really painful issues at the beginning of marriage because there wasn't these discussions that happened and they had really struggled through it and again it goes back to the older you know adage where people say oh they'll figure it out that's true but wisdom actually helps us move it forward in a way that you can build on it we we don't have to lose all those years yes and, yeah. and i think when we when young people get married those beginning months beginning years are the most formative years of their marriage just like when we talk about children and if they can you know invest early enough to strengthen that formative years that phase of their life they can build their marriage for the rest of their life with much more confidence right than if they leave it open ended and unaddressed yeah i mean and, and if if it's not and some people don't figure it out what happens is that bitterness is planted early right. and it just right. seeds in now in our culture maybe they may not get divorced but uh it is a a a bitter relationship oh, uh, yeah. uh, people are very distant and hardened hearts right a result. lot of harbored you know heartaches that that from time to time will crop up again in their relationship but but remain unresolved uh because they were not even thought about before marriage and then suddenly you are in for this absolute shock and i think the issue of marriage and especially in our culture is it's very private everyone's right. marriage is right. whether western or eastern or whatever it is but even more so i think you know the idea that if there is any problem uh, they are not wanting to discuss it because there's always a taboo of discussing struggles in personal life or even a marriage so they may not have the ability to talk to others about it and secondly um their own experiences of what marriages they've witnessed they may not know what good wisdom to take and what mistakes they don't want to keep repeating because oftentimes what we do we do observe what we've seen in our parents and there are good things there are also things that are not good not very exemplary but we take it as the whole package and say that's really my model the other person is doing the same thing and the more dysfunctionality that exists the more conflict that keeps going can keep abounding so what you're passing on is not necessarily wisdom but a lot of dysfunction that comes from the root of sin but has never been resolved either through forgiveness uh, through the word uh, through counsel no way and it is just kind of kept going so the the other way of looking at it and saying you know they'll figure it out doesn't always happen what it does is as the you know english saying is they sweep the dirty dishes under the rug right and right. it's hidden yeah. but it's not except usually uh, in those situations it will take some time before the dust <laughs> will catch up but in marriage it just get exposed immediately you know uh, and and that is because we have idolized marriage 
uh, or we have idolized or we have a tendency to idolize the spouse because we, we see this nice, neat, you know, person, very promising person, very loving person or whatever. And then reality kicks in in, in, in a day or, you know, in a week. And um, um, not surprises, but shocks, you know. Um, uh, I'm actually thinking, I'm smiling because I'm thinking about a silly example of this girl who was getting married to this boy. And she had this dream, you know, dream of this boy being always dressed well, you know, in pants and shirt and all of that. And then they get married. And the next day, he wanted to impress her. And around their house is a paddy field. So he just had his mundu on and he went down be before she you know prepared the tea and all went down to the slush yeah. and got uh, live fish and oh. <laughs> brought, brought to her you know to impress and yeah. she was completely shocked and that kind of a disappointment of what she had imagined him to be and the real him was two different things and then for the rest of her it, it took a long time before she could reconcile the two yeah, and that's a silly illustration, but that's that's a good illustration of, I think, a lot of people who um, create this image about the spouse. Uh, but as uh, one of the uh, Christian counselors, you know, um, Paul Tripp, uh, he says, you know, we, we have to remind the couple who are getting married, all married people have to remind that I'm a sinner, she's a sinner, and we live in a sinful world, but God is faithful. Right, and that goes to the theology of marriage, you know, the idea that what is God's design, uh, what is, how, how does the gospel play importance, in, especially in forgiveness? You have to be willing to forgive because the first part of the theology is that we're both sinners. Right. And that, uh, that needs to be understood as we get in that uh, I'm going to hurt her and she's going to hurt me and we need to forgive each other and talk about it. And the only ground of our forgiveness is the forgiveness we have received in Christ. And, and that's, again, there are multiple other, other things. But kind of going further into the, the topic of expectations, um, what are some of the areas of expectations that you've seen people don't talk about, but they need to talk about? Because if you don't, you, can, you have your own shocks right, later right. on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I usually do about uh, whenever I have done, and if I uh, get a chance to do it again. Now in our church, most of the married uh, premarital counseling is done by Pastor Nelson, and he is actually a much better expert in this, uh, the whole field itself than uh, I am. But um, uh, the sessions that I usually have about two three sessions, I'll uh, do um, uh, you know on the topic of biblical theology of marriage. You know, bring them to show um, you know, marriage as God's idea, how um, the image of God is born out in that marriage union, and uh, talk about the relationship between Christ and the church, and how uh, the partnership of husband-wife within the body of Christ, you know, those, those kind of things. Uh, but after that, we get to the nitty-gritties. And so some of the topics I usually cover is, um, uh, you know, the... Uh, 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 mutual respect, right? Uh, again, they may not have all the pieces in place because persons are different. And so we talk about um, personality type, for example. Now, some pastors, like even my co-pastor, doesn't see much value in that. But uh, I have found that exercise. So I actually 
uh, ask them to do an MBTI uh, personality test just to see what are the personality differences between them so that uh, on the one hand they are a little surprised that they are different right, yeah. <laughs> but they also are better you know prepared hopefully to um, understand how they are you know um, relating in the ways they are relating to each other or what are some of their you know priorities or how they go about dealing with things uh, and things like that um, what are uh, some ways they uh, understand and express love for example um, you, are you familiar with the uh, uh, book Gary Gary Chapman five uh, love, love languages, languages? Yeah. yeah so I, I kind of give them a list of that and just run them okay can you think of examples where you feel loved or how you naturally tend to express love because it can be a complete mismatch. And I've seen this and I learned this in my own marriage actually, um, where uh, for whatever reason, I am very, um, you know, um, uh, my way of expressing love is words. And so I find it not very hard uh, to tell Jessie I love her. Uh, I find myself repeatedly doing that uh, whenever I, you know, feel I need to let her know I love her, a and she appreciates that, but that about that much. I mean, <laughs> not, not really too much. Uh, the way she feels that I love her is when I switch off my <laughs> gadgets uh -huh. and leave them in the hall, and uh, you know, I am with her in the bed when she is ready for bedtime. You know, uh, just to converse, or if I bought her gifts. And, and so again. Just uh, couples understanding these kind of differences, how they relate to each other, what are their personality types, or even uh, things that are, you know, uh, that have attracted them to each other. And so I, one of the questions I ask is, okay, uh, what happens if whatever that thing that attracted you to this person ceased to be? What happens to your marriage at that time? Because the point that I want to bring them to is marriage is not about romance. Marriage is not about, you know, what, uh, you, you know, what you create, uh, so and so, um, you know, you're supposed to be, but, but marriage is a commitment. You're walking together, working together for growing into the image of Christ as husband and wife, as members of the body of Christ. So, uh, but touching on these subjects, uh, sometimes they are, they are not prepared at all. Then we talk about money. Uh, many times they again assume that, you know, uh, have uh, some of the observations I make about money, they're just totally, totally surprised about that or sometimes shocked about it. Uh, the other area is uh, relationship with uh, parents or in-laws. Yeah, and what involvement uh, are you prepared to, you know, separate from them? Uh, uh, what about supporting them financially? Uh, you know, th those kind of things. Uh, uh, what freedom do they have? in sorting out when you have a conflict in marriage you know are you expecting them to come in so we talk about some of those things as well yeah i think you know another thing as i think about it uh, as if the marriage is mostly arranged a lot of in in the dating relationships some conversations about this would have happened there's some knowledge of the other person personality wise right but right. but if it's mostly arranged then there's quite blind quite blind uh, yes. so a lot of these conversations are very helpful. You know, of course, they need to finally experience the reality of those. But just talking about it, it at an initial stage really opens eyes. Uh, and again, especially depending on how much they actually know 
about the person. If they if they know something more, they're a little more comfortable about this concept of personality and and where they go. Yeah, yeah I I agree with you that uh, you know in the arranged marriage the need for it is even more. But even in the dating relationship, uh, many times the couple may not have visited these subjects yes, at all. Yes, yes. Or sometimes even when they have visited, they are not necessarily thinking biblically. Right. They are thinking according to their own ideas. Mm. And so sometimes they may have arrived at the same point, but not necessarily biblical. Mm -hmm. Or they may have arrived um, on points that are, you know, um, very different. And it's not even resolved, but they hope it will work out yeah, after marriage. But right. with the guidance of a pastor, bringing them to the scripture and uh, talking about those things or, you know, giving them wisdom from experience is always helpful, even in a dating relationship. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Theology Ki Baat. If you have any questions or have topics or issues you would like us to discuss, please email us at baath, B-A-A-T-H, at acaindia.org.